Well, good day to you. Uh, Dr. Kirk here with Pastors Positive Mental Health. I just wanted to take a moment and thank all those who are listening. I encourage you to share it with others, especially uh, with your pastor, but also uh, maybe you know other pastors or other people who might benefit from this as church members. It's always good to kind of hear uh, the studies that are done on pastors' mental health and and those uh, and how you can help uh, support the pastor and their mental health. And so, I mean, just a simple thing as last night, uh, I had someone come up to me and thank me for uh, you know getting something done that that uh, that they really appreciated, and it was even for another person that. That they were thanking me. So, you know, just little things like that of specific feedback. And so today I just wanted to take a, a moment and look at what it looks like for a pastor to have boundaries. I mean, a lot of the challenges that pastors have is the non-existence of boundaries. And some of that is because um, pastors, we are not very good at establishing boundaries. And um, I speak as one who has not successfully done this um, completely in my ministry, but I do understand um, the the challenges that there there are, and I do understand uh, through interviews with other pastors some of their best strategies, and so I just kind of took a few um, of, of research that I did, and I just wanted to share those with you. And then, if you're a church member, you can you can actually respect these boundaries, and you can also ask the pastor if they are establishing those boundaries and how you can help them have those boundaries. And so, um, Eugene Peterson says this: unsabbath. Um, when when we are unsabbathed, our work becomes the entire context in which we define our lives. And I think that that's a challenge with many people. Um, we are in a society that is always looking for identity. And pastors can often find themselves completely wrapped up in the identity of pastoral work. And so we need to pause and take the time to take rest and to Sabbath. So that leads to the first thing. And that is to protect time with God. Pastors, you know, it's funny. You say, well, pastors are supposed to always be studying God's word and and being with God. And, you know, there is this saying, and I'm not saying it's completely wrong or completely bad, that um, I find myself always studying God's word for other people because I'm preparing sermons or Bible studies or devotionals or whatnot. And I don't think that's necessarily bad as long as we pause and go, okay, Lord, I don't want this just to be content that I'm creating. I want this to be, to speak to me and preach to me first. And so how do I do protect that time with God? Well, the first thing I would say is going back to that idea of, of making sure that we are not unsabbathed, that we are looking at our rest completely, ultimately in Jesus Christ, obviously, but that we are taking the time, whether it is every day, and there's moments of every day where we pause and we reflect and we rest in the completed work and the peace that Jesus Christ gives us, or we actually take a complete day and we don't do stuff that is church-oriented or if you're uh, an employee that is really work-oriented. And and that day is not just so you can goof off and do nothing and be mindless. That day is so you have a protected time with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this is, again, one of those things that we have struggled with for years, especially in the United States where productivity and outcomes 
are the definition of our value. And so we need to pause and go, wait a second, if I don't rest, if I don't take time, then my production um, will suffer and the value of that production will be diminished. And so we just need to pause and protect time with God. As pastors especially, um, they get bombarded with so many different things throughout the year and throughout the day. Uh, They need to pause and say, how do I carve out time and protect that time in my schedule? I have one pastor friend who uh, Saturdays are his Sabbath, and he makes it very clear um, to, to his congregation and even to his elders. And so if the elders contact him on the Saturday, he knows it's something serious because they do respect his time off. And, and so that's that's pretty uh I'm pretty amazed that he was able to do that. He just told me that that was something he purposed and he just laid down the law. He drew the line in the sand and told people, hey, this is a day. Now, of course, there's emergencies and whatnot. But the reality is Sundays, which is a Sabbath day, um, which is really a Saturday. But, uh, you know, if we get into the Jewish law, but the Sabbath rest is really Jesus Christ. Jesus says he's the Lord of the Sabbath. He is the one. So that's the first thing is protect your time with God. The second thing is when dealing with people and with dealing with circumstances and situations that we find in the church is to ask appropriate questions. Um, I had a pastor that that would always use this phrase. He, He would say that someone's lack of planning does not constitute our emergency. Now, now, um, and you know that there's a difference between someone who is in a legitimate emergency or someone who is having just, they just have a, a habitual uh pattern in their lives where they do not plan well and they always are dependent upon other people to bail them out. So I think we ask appropriate questions. First of all, is this truly an emergency? And what I mean by that is, is there, is there, you know, death on the line? (laughs) Never mess with the Sicilian when death is on the, no. Anyway, but my whole point is uh, that that we need to go, what is really an emergency? Um, Is someone not going to be able to have a place to stay this night or someone not going to be able to eat um, because of this? Um, and what does that look like for an emergency? Obviously, when you get the call, like I did one time after midnight and uh, from, a, from a, a, a young wife whose husband had taken his own life, I, that's an emergency, right? You, you know, I'm going to wake up. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go so, you know, is this really an emergency? But, but often when people come to speak to us or they call, we have to ask appropriate questions. And so is this really emergency? The second thing we need to ask ourselves, especially with people who we are meeting with continuously, Continually are helping continually is am I enabling them or am I really helping and this is a this is a fine line as pastors we lead with our heart and we've been given so much grace and so much mercy that we want to give it to other people and yet we find ourselves often begrudging that we're helping this person and so sometimes we just give them stuff to get them on their way years ago when I was at a large church in New Mexico um, there we had a pretty robust food pantry and a helps ministry and the pastor that would oversee benevolence um, he had Thursdays off well there were many people who were habitual uh, shoppers shall I say of the food pantry would show up on Thursday because they knew he wasn't there he had an intake form that they would fill out and then he would sit and talk with them so he knew a lot of these people and I remember you know one time I was helping somebody and, and I took the food out, a box out, and they started 
going through the box and they're like, hey, I don't want this. Could you give me more of that? And then when I went out to their car, they popped the trunk and there was three other food boxes from other organizations sitting in the trunk. And this is another thing. Okay, this is just my pet peeve. But the, usually the woman would be sent in. Uh, a woman would come in to get the food and you go out to the car to help them to take the box of food out and the, and the guy is sitting in there. Look, listen, man up, go in. If you guys are truly in a problem, man up and go and say, we need help. Um, and so that's a side note anyway. Uh, but, but I found myself really frustrated and realizing that this was not my calling. And so the pastor would come back the next day and look at the intake forms that we had there. And he goes, Oh, you gave them food again. He goes, I just gave them some Monday or, or something, or I told them they couldn't come back for X amount of time, but we didn't know, uh, they knew what he had said. And so that's why they came when he wasn't there. And so I really felt like, uh, that I was enabling these people rather than really helping them, you, you know? Obviously, uh, sometimes we want to help people, but there is a balance to where we have to see, and it is, we need the, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to go, are we really helping somebody? Are we just enabling a, a behavior that is keeping them actually suppressed by the enemy and the, their flesh? So that's the next Another question to ask is, are there better resources for this person or this situation. And what I mean by that is often pastors will find themselves in in circumstances where it, it is really beyond their scope of, of expertise. I, I, I always do this, especially with counseling. I find that there's a limit to my ability at counsel. And sometimes um, counseling people and then being their pastor can be a challenge too. And so um, often it's important for us to have a good network of people that we can refer people to. I have a pastor's group that I have the joy of meeting with uh, on Thursday afternoons, pastors from the community. And we, when we talk about ministry and the community and we pray, and one of the guys is a licensed marriage therapist. And so it's really good to get insight from him. And he's a resource. We also have a, a biblical counseling center that's actually is housed in one of our churches, uh, larger churches here in the area. So I can refer people to them. It's also good to know that the local health services and especially services for the elderly and whatnot and and low-income housing to have those ready and then you can refer people to to those things Um, again are there better resources than you for the person or situation. First, we want to protect our time with God. We want to ask appropriate questions. And then we want to be intentional with our schedule. Again, this is very, very difficult for pastors because um, we we work all times of the day. <laughs> and uh, when I was in New Mexico as an assistant pastor, um, I would start in the mornings at, at, at about 7.30 because uh, I was involved in the school there. And Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights, I had... Uh, uh, not only service on Wednesday nights, but I met with worship teams on Mondays and Tuesday nights. And so I wouldn't be home till 10. And so it was a long day. Uh, and so we just need to realize we need to be more intentional with our schedule. So, I mean, I think some of it is to hold church members accountable. And what I mean by that is if you have a meeting set up with a church member um, and they show up late, you don't extend the time with them. And you're like, look, I have an hour scheduled for you. You came in at, say, say you had an hour at one o'clock and they came in at 1.30, you, you give them a half hour and they need to understand that. Um, they also need to know that, that, um, it's, it, it, that a phone call would be nice <laughs> if they just show up uh, and if they show up late. 
if they just drop in, let's say, and it's another pr- pr- practical ministry to people just dropping in, which is great. I love that when people just stop by when I'm not in the middle of something. If I'm in the middle of sermon prep or in the middle of writing some, some emails or whatnot, um, trying to get stuff done, I, I, I'm not real welcome to the drop in. And, and then I feel guilty for, for my attitude. But I think it's okay to be honest with people and say, hey, you know what? I really don't have much time right now. Could you come back at this time? Or is there something I can answer for you that takes less than five minutes and then get on your way? And I think being direct in your communication is okay. Uh, It's not necessarily unloving. It's not necessarily rude. It's not necessarily unchrist-like just to say, I don't have time right now. I'm sorry. And then also I would say in meetings on time, let's say you have someone scheduled from one to two. And of course you can't do this every single time. But I think also to be intentional with your schedule is to say, hey, at two o'clock, you know, I, I, I need to get on with other things today and let's meet again or, or whatever that looks like. And so I want to encourage pastors to do that. And then I want to encourage church members to to actually ask them about their schedules, uh, about what, you know, are they holding to a, a schedule? Are they being interrupted too much? Not saying, are you actually coming to the office? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, hey, are you being interrupted too much? Are you able to get your work done? How can I help? Things like that. So first thing is protect time with God. Second is ask appropriate questions. Third is to be intentional with one's schedule. And then lastly, I would say be purposeful in socialization. So what I mean by that is is what happens often is we get caught up in, in, in a lot of stuff. So this is my tendency. I'll get caught up in busyness and then I'll just want to retreat and, and then I find myself not really connecting with people the way that I want to connect because I'm not being intentional about actually spending time with friends. And so I need to purposefully find that time to socialize with friends. And so I'm excited this week I'm going over we're going over to some friends house I mean happen to be church members which is great so yes you can be friends with church members and I encourage it okay anyway and so we're going over Friday night and we have it's been a long time since we've been able to get together and I can't wait because it's good and refreshing for the soul to do that and it's important for the soul to do that and and so to be purposeful and socializing uh again back to Eugene Peterson's uh quote, if we're unsabbathed, our work becomes our entire context in which we define our lives. And so if we're not spending time outside and socializing with other people, we find everything being about ministry. This is a problem that I have fallen into quite often. And though, and, and let me tell you, explain why is I love the ministry. I love the work that I do. But sometimes um, when I'm hanging out with friends, uh, my wife has to remind me, we don't need to talk about the church all the time. Now, I love to talk about the church. I love to talk about, you know, plans and visions and goals and things that I want to see done. But at the same time, I need to be able to pause it and, and realize there is there is life um, and there's interests that, that are outside the church. And um, and so it, it's important for us, though, to be to purposefully set time aside to socialize. And so look for those ways that you can spend time with people, with friends. Maybe it's a friend out of town. He's like, hey, can we meet halfway? Or maybe we could do a Zoom call and just, you know, intentionally spend time together. So 
Um, again, protect time with God, ask appropriate questions, be intentional with schedule, and purposefully socialize. These are some simple boundaries that I think pastors can set. Again, if they find this beneficial, please pass this along. If you have any questions about um, anything with pastors and their positive mental health, please feel free to reach out. Again, I go to Facebook and you can look at Pastors Positive Mental Health Institute. You can direct message me through that. Um, And so again, please like, please share, please subscribe. So let's together help pastors with their positive mental health and help churches flourish.